mic. Always a hot mic. Welcome to the Find Your Summit podcast. I am Leah's co-host, Brian. We weren't doing that, but... <laughs> and I'm Leah. And we are excited to have in studio um, my good friend, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, creator. Uh, dude. Dude, Wes Knight. <laughs> What's Wes, happening? My fr- I was just telling Leah, my first podcast I ever recorded was your podcast, Creating Space Podcast. At, and uh, we did it at Huga, but the other Huga. Yeah, and... Uh, on remount, but that was uh three years ago, four years ago, maybe we yeah. had been One friends for like a day a, and a half. A, another summit brand egregiously positioned right beside <laughs> it. Like that's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and we also have Nate Sip in the room. Nate is uh, a friend of all of ours, and um, I just likened him to being like Kevin Durant's agent in the room. And uh, we didn't know Nate was going to be here, and so Nate is hesitantly. Sitting here he with a microphone about about three it. feet away from his head. Yep, and I'm fading into the bushes as we speak. <laughs> um, Wes, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm honored to be here for the second time. And I was thinking about why, when I was coming in, I was like, what could I say this time that would be different than last time when I was so graciously invited? Yeah. Well, but a lot has changed. A lot's happened, man. A ton has changed. And uh, we've gone through a pandemic and you've changed careers. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so... Probably sixty percent of the United States. Right, that's exactly right. Leah's now with us, and yep. Yep. I have I have a co-host now. Who? It's always good to have a co-host. Yeah, man. Um, but you're building your mu- you're a fantastic writer, and now you're building your muscle as an interviewer through the through the word. Thanks, Wes. This is great. We should have Wes in the studio every week. Hey, do you have anything, any compliments to offer? No. no, we did. That's what we talked about the whole way down. Yeah. You are one of the best writers we know. Yeah, wow. I might Facts. need to know more people, but it is, more, it is the truth. So, I mean, well, now so we're, for we're, one of the more important, the most important thing that's happened since, in my life at least, yeah. since then is uh, I married my lovely wife, yeah. Dr. Claire, still Fedor, not Knight. Uh, is she going to be Claire Knight? Unsure. She's, and, and that's totally okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you married man. us and it was the most fantastic mm. uh, <laughs> experience possible. You There could not have been a better choice and... Man, like you, you wrote it, you killed it. I was so and, nervous. Uh, my parents were like tearing up, and that yeah. never happens. Easily, South Carolina parents crying. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> Laid it down. Only you could do it. Uh, yeah, I was nervous. I could tell. Yeah, I was nervous too. Yeah, and so it was we were, raining, and I was the only one that was partially in the rain, and I was getting <laughs> rained on, which actually probably gave me some calm during the ceremony because sure. I was like thinking externally about how I was just soaking. It was in the like back a football half. match all again. Like the light, the lights were on you and. The rain was falling. But uh, so you've shifted careers too. And Lee and I were talking about this before you got in the studio. And it seems like of all things you've done, it seems like you're in a bit of a groove. Calibration. Yeah. And we've talked about the importance of joy and happiness in life. Our theme for the month is find your joy. And it feels like for you doing something that you feel like you are good at and can continue to get better at is where you sort of get into your groove. Do you think that's true? Mm. I think calibration is key. It's all energy. Um, and so you talk about finding your summit. It is all about being able to tap into a frequency and trying to stay on that hum as consistently as possible. And I think we, I think we all know that, um, shifts come in life. Yep. Uh, and I think some are more reluctant to follow the shift than others. Um, I think part of what makes me, me is I'm a little less resistant to change and I'm a little more stubborn in my self-belief it feels like you almost seek change i 
have things have changed for me my whole life, so I'm more comfortable in it yeah. than things staying the same. Right. So my comfort level is just different than someone else's comfort level. But it's the same thing with my ability to learn. Like you put me in a situation in traditional school and I won't thrive. You put me out on my own and uh, all of a sudden something happens. And I don't really know why that is. I'm just aware that it is. Do you feel like you, this is some version of you that is closest to your true self? Or do you feel like this current version? Yeah. It's closer than it ever has been. Yeah. Um, but I'm fully aware that it could all go away again and shift again. And I'm prepared for that. And I'm okay with that. But I think right now, um, you know, there are rocket boosters, you know, igniting on, on a, a trip to outer space. And I, I feel very excited about the sound of the rocket boosters because there's nothing about space that excites me. I'm terrified of space. Man, I will follow Elon wherever he goes. Oh, I you could pay me all the money in the world and I would not go to outer yeah, space. Yeah, I'm not taking that ride, but like I, I live there. Space came up. Yeah. Well, yeah, space always comes up. Yeah. Aliens are no aliens. Oh, for uh, sure. Definitely aliens. aliens. Definitely. I just want to make sure we're, we're all on the, right on the same room. page about aliens here. This is a, a pro-alien yeah. podcast. Right. Right. I'm 100% not convinced, Nate, that you're not an alien. I was just going to question you on the same thing. Are you an alien? I swear, and you pull the mic just a little closer, man. I can't. Nate's really trying not to be on this podcast. Yeah, you don't want to be in it, but you're I'm in now, I'm 50% Nate. in on this now. Yeah, this is. Right. We talked about not, aliens, Nate's in. I'm in. This is now Joe Rogan. But I want to talk about your hippie rocks, too, because I like yeah, them. Yeah, man. Real. So for you listeners, if you could get this picture, we're in an oddly low-dimmed podcast room. It's almost uncomfortably seductive. It's very intimate. And uh, there's four of us sitting around a table, and I have rocks in my hand. Yeah, and why? I carry rocks around in half for, a, for a, lo- a large part of my adult life. You have? Yeah, man. Always in my pockets. If you'll notice, the one in my right hand, for you listeners, uh, is an emerald. And the emerald stone is all about granting spiritual I think you're speaking uh, straight to Leah right now. You are Leah's, totally yeah. speaking straight to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so Leah, I'll make I'll make the the eye contact with you in yes. the in the yeah. dim room. But this is an emerald and the emerald stone is all about like spiritual awareness. It's all about protection, um uh, wisdom, intuition. And uh if there's anything that I could really sharpen internally in myself, it would probably be the intuition. Um I call it seeing around corners. Uh, and you know, with people, with problems, scenarios, I carry this guy with me to always be a grounding nature that, you know, there's a, there's an intuitive knowledge that we all have. And can you tap in? Do you feel like you get caught off guard a lot? Uh, well, it's a balance because I am still fighting with my insecurities. Mm-hmm. Which so, are what? What's that? Which are what? I want to be the best. At whatever you How do. How long's the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to be the best and I fight with that every day. No um, matter like at any And I don't just want to be the best, like I want to dominate. Right. I, you want to be like dominate. LeBron. And I fight that. Yeah. I fight that because I feel bad because it it is it's a chip and it like is a part of the rocket booster acceler- accelerator, but it's also can be cyclops without glasses. Yeah. And part of the reason that Nate is not only a great friend, but also a mentor is because he, through what he's gone in his gone through in his life is able to teach me a little more about that. So back to intuition and uh, Emerald also have citrine. So I'm on my fifth entrepreneurial venture 
And I'm still $27,500 deep in IRS tax uh, liens because learning how to grow a business from being a professional athlete, I went in the hole. Yeah. And the citrine rock is all about financial uh, freedom. It's all about wealth. It's all about attracting money uh, consistently and freely. Um, And growing up in the way that I grew up, there was, you know, a learning curve that money was not free. Money w- did not flow freely through, mm-hmm. through our family. And so there are constructs there that actively I am working to consistently uh, disassemble. Yeah. So the two things that are blocking my future and grounding my present are the two things that I actively like keep in front of me because I... And for a lot of you listeners, like I live in outer space. I live in my head. I live in the future. I live looking around the corner Yeah. and it's very easy for me to get caught there. Mm-hmm. And so these are places, these are physical references to, that are like buoys in the, uh, in, in the lake. So do you like being humbled or does it? Um, like, is it a good thing I, for you? I seem like, to, man, you should talk to my wife about this. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, and well, and I, Nate, Nate, has, Nate has seen it. Like, and for you listeners, I'm not sure your demographic, but I would imagine the demographic probably is really a cool similar people. avatar yeah. to us. Hey, Dora. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> not me. <laughs> we call it the, we call it the, what would Homer do? So for those of you who know the gif of Homer Simpson, like slowly backpedaling into the bushes, yep. right? You know that gif? Yep. I get myself in a lot of situations where I want to. I just want to dominate and I want to make someone, I just am not currently capable or still improving on my ability to control my emotion. And why'd, Nate, you, look, why'd you look at Nate in that? Situation? Cause he created the WWHD. What, what would Homer, Homer do? do? Leah. So to interrupt, I, I got jealous a couple weeks ago cause Wes posted on Instagram a text message conversation he was having with Nate at six in the morning where Nate was pumping Wes up. And I was, I texted both of them and was like, how do I get on this chain of uh, affirmation? So we go to each other to tap in and, mm-hmm. and I call it energy manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And it's a very important thing that I live by. Like it's a theory that I have that I actually, if I would write a book, it would be the book that I would write. Okay. One thing um, that my partner and I do is we text each other affirmations. Great. Wow. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Tap in. Yeah. You can tap into other people. Is it on schedule or is it just? It's weekly. Okay. Like, um, te- like it's funny that you mentioned like intuition, like in- it's almost like uh, I've gotten into this root, like ability of being like, he needs to hear something right mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. so I will go ahead and send it to him and it's like, then, you know, he'll, he'll respond and send one back. And there'll so be times like, where you'll think about him and yep. you won't send it. And then he'll hit you. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so tapping into places that you want to go, mm-hmm. visions that you have or yeah. humans across, it's all energy. Yeah. Um, and so with that being said, energy manufacturing is all about your ability to create your own surrounding. Yep. Um, and, and, and tap into your own energy, uh, intentionally. So who are the individuals that get you hype? Yeah. Who not what? Who not what? Or who not how? Right? So um, who are the individuals that get you hype? And surround yourself and with surround those people. yourself with them. And you, mm-hmm. surrounding doesn't necessarily mean being around their physical energy. Metaphysically, you can still tap into that. So uh, that's all about the double slit theory. You guys can check that out on, uh, on YouTube and, and check <laughs> all that stuff out for you physics 
mm-hmm. uh, nerds. Who? What are the type of people that have the inverse effect on you? Like the people uh, that they create noise that you don't need. Insecure individuals. I, you know, I'm. I'm. You guys can already tell. Like I'm a lot. And I'm, a, <laughs> and I'm aware that I'm a lot. You know what I mean? Like I'm completely aware that I create that I create um, polarizing uh, uh, opinions. Yeah. Almost equally at the same time. It's like, man, you're a lot, but I like, feel like you I get more. Like I feel like you, right. I feel like you create more positive feeling than negative. But it's feeling. because people don't believe that you can show up consistently in a, in this way. People don't believe that you can slap somebody in the face with like ridiculous optimism. That's what and uh, it happened over and over and over again. It, at the outdoor retail show last uh, January, when we went together, Lee and I, and for Summit, we brought a partner of ours from Oatly, who I'd worked with sporadically over the last eight years. And she spent three days with us. And on the third day, she was like, you actually are as joyful <laughs> as you seem she's like for eight years i've thought this was fucking bullshit yep. she's like hey, she's awesome. like she's like but now i've spent three straight days around you and like it's actually just real I she's called, like i called this guy back or well so i called him he's like i'm looking for an admin person in the office i said i have the exact person for you she's perfect she's not you at all she's, <laughs> she's your counterbalance so we call her and then all of a sudden she gets on the phone with Wes. she's going through the whole thing yeah and it goes wonderfully, unbelievably, like it does with Wes. Mm-hmm. And then she calls 30 minutes later. She's like, I've been sitting here thinking, is that actually real? Because <laughs> I'm having a hard time believing yeah. that could be real. I was like, I'm just going to have to meet him in person. I promise it's real, but it's real. Right. <laughs> have you always been that way? Uh, yes, but to go back to the, the metaphor of Cyclops without the glasses, um, I was a very... You you know you love talking to my parents about what it was like raising me. It was, I was a very hard kid to control. Yeah. Um, you know, don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing, uh, and I would get myself in a lot of situations that I didn't understand had repercussions and was not capable of understanding the repercussions when they hit. So it was. It's just, man, this journey in life is so is brilliant because the goal, the whole goal of this thing, is to figure out who you are and then live in it. Yeah. You know, and like the earlier you can, why do you have to be 80 to figure that out? Like, why can't you try to disassemble all that you thought you believed and then just find or discover and then just try to stay? Have you figured out who you are? I think I'm closer than I've ever been. Yeah, I think I'm closer than I've ever been. What's cool now is I've realized who I was without the athletic ability. Yeah. And that 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 took a while. That took me five years. Yeah, and still obviously understanding. But what I'm really learning right now is how to be a reliable partner. And that's that's the that's the true essence of what I'm really learning. And if Claire Fedor doesn't come into my life, I don't stabilize. Yeah. Everything changed when I met my wife. Yeah. Everything changed. And everything shifted to another degree when we got married. Because mm-hmm. I went even deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I I get I just immerse myself in it because I've never done it. And I didn't realize how good it feels when you do it. Yeah. And well, everything, nothing else. Well, once you commit to it, it's like you said, you want to, dom- you want to be the best at everything. And, and so I'm and sure when you being surround married yourself is the with same. men like yourself who have great relationships and like care about their wives and actually want to be around their wives instead of go make a lot of money and never be around their kids and never be around their, I don't want that. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, just, that's very easy teach art. Yeah. Does he have what I want or does he have what I want? Yeah. And then lean into what looks like what you want to create. So it took you a while to figure out who you were post 
pro soccer player. What about yourself um, as a pro soccer player do you feel like was part of your true self? Like, because you identify with like, I play sports, but it was something bigger in that, obviously. Co- the competition. Yeah. You just want to, you want to see people and be Show people. me the best in the room and then watch me reel them in. Like, I always wanted that underdog tag because I knew I was going to get there. In my heart, I knew I was going to get there. Like, I could see it. Time just hadn't caught up yet. Yeah. You know, and like, that's why when I get to a place where I can teach well, all the things that I want to teach, it, exposure is going to be one of the biggest components of what I'm able to teach because it's not until you see it that you can believe it. And belief systems drive everything. Thoughts create feelings, feelings create emotions, emotions create habits, and habits create your life. It's like this incredible chain link fence that align. Do you believe that you can like manifest something? Yes. If you're like, I want to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I saw myself playing pro soccer when I was 10. I knew I was going to get there. Do you feel like you could it's do ca- any number possible. of things right now? And No, no. I'm completely aware of what I can't do. And what is that? Read. Um, I don't write well. Yeah, I tried All to, the things I tried to give, you, I tried to give school, you a book the other day and you're like, I can't. Audio book. But you can listen to a thousand right. of them. Right. Yeah, I'll consume at 2x speed and be able to retain it. Yeah. What I can't do also is detail-oriented tasks consistently over time. I have to automate it. So I rely on computers a lot. And so the last four businesses that I ran taught me how to generate automation systems where people who are detailed tasks have a map that they can run and they can run that over that map over time. So some of our listeners might remember you as uh, from your podcast, Creating Space, or when you were doing motivational speaking, <laughs> why aren't you doing that anymore? There's no room for it. Room for where? In the world, in, in the your space, head? time and- continuum. It's just not the right time. When the moments happen like this, I'll, I will allow it. But there's no time to, to produce in that arena because there's all the time being producing in another arena. Yeah. There's just no space. I feel like we've prioritized making space for this because of the joy that it provides us and like the value of we don't really have this grand plan of where this podcast is going to take us other than that it gives us something to do every week that breaks us from our... Are you aware of Maslow's list of hierarchy? Yeah. Are you aware you are of where you are? In yes. It? Okay. So can you see why you're able to give that time? Yeah. I, I mean, I exist up there. You're at the altruistic phase. Yeah, but I'm also... And you're a, there at, what, 35, 6? 36, I just turned 36. You're, you're doing a great, dude. You're <laughs> doing great. But I'm down at, like, still gathering, you know, the necessities. Uh, hunt and gather. Yeah. So we're just at different yeah. places in the spectrum. Time just hasn't caught Leah and up I, yet. We were just talking about it on our other Your Morning Coffee podcast that Leah's... You have uh, another podcast, like, Leah? No, 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 the other one we do I mean, together, other than oh, the interview. Yeah. <laughs> oh, handle too. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> but we were talking about Leah feels like she's reaching this existential crisis because she's <laughs> approaching 30 and she's like, what is... That's okay, a label. But, right, that's that. exactly yeah. what we said that. That's yeah. a label. Like, notice that as a label. Things got fun when we became 30. 
Yeah, well, that's what we were talking about. It's like the stigma around it's a label. like it's turning done. 30 and what these expectations are. Miss me um, with that. I'm also going through my Saturn return. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> okay. Hey. So, um, I don't also, have a clue what that I know means. <laughs> give, a, give a quick two sentence synopsis. Um, so, your Saturn return is can. Uh, uh, Depends on like the year that you were born, but okay. it's like the return of your Saturn placement and it symbolizes like depending on the house, obviously, but like major life changes. So mine, for instance, is in the fifth house. Okay. So like my main focus and lesson that Saturn represents is um, tuning into your happiness and really defining what that means. Cool. And so, so this is a creative outlet that gives you joy? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And also creativity. So. Very cool. Yeah. Are you at the... At the, the editorial sh- space in this, so like, or do you get dug into the the weeds of it, or do you get to stay above it and create? With like, what do you mean? Editing, edit and, the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get to create it and then edit and then market it. <laughs> I just I just show up and speak and then yeah, you get the fun part. Yeah. yeah, I I enjoy like digging into it as well. Yeah, like yeah. um, re-listening to the conversations. Also, like there are parts of the conversation that like stand out, and I'm just like, oh, this is. I I wondered that the other day if that was weird if I re-listened to the podcast that I record. No. Did you ever do that when you were a podcaster? So what I was obsessed about learning how to podcast was more so learning how to speak, and I'm always fascinated with comedians. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, how do you become yes. a comedian and the public speaker at the same time? Yeah. Like if you could emerge, emerge uh Kevin Hart yep. and Steve Harvey. Yeah. Steve Harvey is all, like the closest to what that really is, that essence. For those of you who are listening who love podcasts, Oprah Winfrey's Masterclass podcast mm-hmm. is incredible because it takes the host out. Oh. And it's just the answers. That's interesting. And it's fantastically done yeah. Yeah, Oprah's and really good at life yeah like Brian's valuable here why are you yelling yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right I do this for my Man. joy I need to be able to it's Brian not, I have a great idea for right. you we're gonna remove you from the yeah, next yeah, one no. West, my, hum- my humility is yeah. well hold on I'm the host here right, 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 right. Right. Let's, me. Let's, yes I, we talked about designing a shirt that said I'm Leah's co-host and she was like she was I'm like not I, doing that. I will not let you wear that shirt but anyways and do you have a desire to speak or to share in the future Writing is like a huge, um, it brings me a lot of joy. Bring, cool. Being creative in general brings me a lot of joy. Can I challenge you? Absolutely. Something was really shift that happened in my life was mm-hmm. in my last career, mm-hmm. the one that I had before. I managed a former Grammy, winning, Grammy Award winning hip hop manager's speaking career. Oh, nice. And what he knew about audio mm-hmm. was what you know about coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I imagine, you did that. Yeah. So imagine yourself sitting in a, a space with audio mm-hmm. and listening to a guru. You know, it's like sitting with Brian and listening to coffee. Mm-hmm. And he started to break down the design of like when something hits you and why it hits you. Talking yeah. about the like the spicy moments. He called it spice. Yeah. Like the spicy moments in a podcast or the mm-hmm. spicy moments in uh, a, a vlog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or since or the spiciest moments in a song mm-hmm. right they call them the hook most of the time what yeah. gets you in the song is the hook it's called the hook for yeah. a reason right and it was really breaking down the blueprint of the hook and why it's the hook so he taught me a little bit about when a hook comes when you get hooked by something when somebody says something that really catches you mm-hmm. joy quotient 
Why did it catch you? Ask him what joy quotient is shortly. I'm pointing at Nate. (laughs) Um, For you listeners, Nate has beat cancer twice, almost three times. This is, this guy shouldn't be alive. 14 and a half percent chance of living. He's his story is incredible. He has to be on this podcast. He's the squarest person you know. Yeah. So (laughs) the, the most important person in this room hasn't even spoke. He's spoken the least. So anyways, when a hook comes, right? Mm-hmm. Can you diagnose why you liked it? Yeah. And that's then if you can diagnose why you liked it, can you recreate it yourself? Yeah. We that's, spent, yeah. Yeah. We spend a lot of time and energy in our marketing and content creation of like identifying what emotions we want to elicit out of, whether it's mm-hmm. in whatever the platform is, whether it's the reader, whether it's the listener, yep. whether it's the person scrolling through Instagram, what emotion are we trying to get? And yep. like, how do we tap that? And we've, I think gotten really good at like, we want to make people feel X and we know mm-hmm. how to make them feel X. And mm-hmm. I think that is like our, instead of, yeah. instead of creating content to create content, you are creating content for the end user that you are constantly getting to know. And but I you're think- reverse engineering that decision. And what I'm here to teach people is you can reverse engineer your life. You can create it. That was the longest <laughs> moment of silence we've had on this podcast. <laughs> a, that, yeah, that was no, the, that yeah. was it. That was the whole podcast. Yeah, like that's, that's, <laughs> you can manifest it. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to be exposed to it. Other than failure, what makes you nervous? I don't think failure makes them nervous, to be honest. I'm not I'm not afraid of failure. I am um I'm deathly afraid of not winning. Right. I guess that's what I meant by failure, but I'm deathly afraid of not winning. Not the not the like the day to day is the long it's the long race. Mm-hmm. What would be considered a win for you? Uh massive uh massive influence and i hate how the word influential like mm-hmm. influencer is now just have this nasty yeah. taste with social media absolutely but like the ability to reach back into a community mm-hmm. not sure how big that community would be mm-hmm. but to go deep not wide mm-hmm. so like taking what i have been able to care what i've decided through the journey to carry to keep with mm-hmm. and not to discard mm-hmm. to share yeah. and to like imprint mm-hmm. Right. It's one thing to like share something with somebody. It's another thing to like imprint it to where you change the way that they show up mm-hmm. and their life changes. But well, yeah. what are you going to do on the real estate side? You already have the idea. You came up with it this morning or yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday morning. So I came up for those listeners who don't know the, 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 my backstory. I, I played major league soccer. I didn't play for very long in major league soccer, but I, I had a seven year career that was ended pretty much by an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was really cool was when I was in Vancouver, I got exposure to the academy systems. They didn't have that in South Carolina and easily where I was growing up. Like they didn't have feeder systems set yeah. out in all of these different markets and different provinces across Canada where they were, had relationships with these local clubs. Yeah. They were pulling the best players from those local clubs. That's what all the European clubs do. Right. And flying these kids in the best of the best would sign a contract at 14 years old. They would come live with a billet family. They would be instantly uh, plugged in to a network of other soccer players, go to the same schools, get out of school, go train, and work their way to 10,000 hours of mastery yep. at 14. Wow. And I thought it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody would have pulled me out of Easley, South Carolina, and put me in this situation, what could have happened? You know what would fascinate me is – a study into those large percentage of that people that don't make it. Mm. What is their life like? Right. 
what's the feeder system for them? And we talked about that today. Well, when you fall out of the feeder system where you, you don't make, right. Like what is, what are the, where do you it's go? It's almost like that old sports illustrated. It's like, where are they now? It's like, take, take like a Vancouver Whitecaps feeder system. And mm -hmm. for the 5% that made it, where are the other 95% and how do they feel about how their experience shifted them? It's probably not pretty in a lot. Right. I mean, but yeah. how fast can you evolve? Right. But are they getting that training to how do you evolve? Like, is there a post? Because I mean, they're you getting could, taught a different game, and the the the, the difference is, is the game that they need to learn. There must need to be a transition class, though. I mean, like in this ideal of like preparing people to be good people in the world. If there was a my soccer career is ending, I need help transitioning into life, mm -hmm. like someone to mm -hmm. help you get there. Versus like yep. basically you're thrown out on the street. Good luck. Exposure. It's got to be a place for them to go. Mentorship. So what I want to create, um, and I've already created, created it in my mind, just time hasn't caught up yet, is uh, I want to create a 501c3, which is a not-for-profit. Yeah. Um, the first name that I came up with is aggressive, but it might not. It, it's called reverse redlining. Uh, and the idea of reverse redlining is to buy a house or houses uh, and to essentially plug um, you know, a multicultural community into the billet system for soccer, but for real estate. So the idea is we would buy a four bedroom, three bed, four bed, three bath house. And we would select through a feeder system um, uh, of lower socioeconomic individuals who have an archetype that we're looking for. I'm in sales. Yeah. I want somebody like me when I was younger, likely ADHD, a um, lot of energy, needs direction, but has a mouthpiece on them and can captivate. Uh, and I want to bring those individuals in. Um, and I want to give them a place to stay. Uh, and I want to give them a place to go to work. And I want to teach them sales. I want to teach them administrative work. I want to teach them financial liter literacy. And uh, I want to give them responsibilities. They've got to take care of the house. they got to pay rent. They've got to uh, show up to work on time and they, there is an exit strategy for them. They learn these tools that will serve them in the world. Um, we, we pull them out of situations that could have sent them in other spiraling directions. Yep. Um, and we give them the tools that they need to survive in the game that really matters, mm -hmm. which is life. Um, and when one goes out and buys a house and maybe goes in into another career field, there opens up a, a room for another individual and that individual is already identified. Um, and the goal of that would be to scale the houses that you own. Yeah. Um, and the amount of people that you could a help and businesses that could be supported and built around different trades. So everything supporting real estate could be a construction company, could be a cleaning yeah. service, could be, uh, uh, for the financially gifted individuals could be a lending company. Financial, all sorts of horizontal models. integration. Correct, and yeah. it, and these are avatars that, if they didn't get access to something like this, we who, who's to know where they could end up. Yeah. So that's the goal: reverse redlining. Uh, and for those of you that don't know what redlining is, you can study it very easily. Um, it's just the idea of taking back a little bit of what gets taken away. Um, yeah. And I think there's a way to do that. Right. I think it's a really interesting idea. And I, I do think, um, similarly, there are a lot of companies that are starting to do this, but are 
going to sort of bypass the traditional educational college model. And like, it's starting, you're starting to see it in Silicon Valley where they're hiring kids out of high school instead of like, instead of going to college for four years, come train with us for six months and we'll pay you a hundred grand. And, and it'll be interesting to see as more companies start to decide they want to groom their future at 18 year olds instead of 22 year olds, how that impacts. These young men need a coach. Right. These young women need a coach. And like if the colleges will be able to adapt to make it more relevant. Cause they like can't adapt fast enough. I mean, old, in- it's interesting because a lot of these old institutions that have expensive infrastructure that they have to pay for. Right. Yep. They're yeah. bleeding out slow. And COVID really, ex- I think COVID accelerated a lot of things that were already happening, but I think that's one that, um, makes you wonder if COVID was designed and that's a whole different podcast, Joe Rogan. Conspiracy theories. Anyways, yes. you- and yeah. aliens. And aliens. <laughs> yeah. By, by aliens. We need to do that episode. <laughs> but the um, learning community has gone to the air now, right? This yeah. is the learning community. Yes. You don't have to go talk to somebody anymore to learn. People are talking right now mm-hmm. that you can listen to. So, But it's interesting because the people that we hire out of Davidson College, the most people that we talk to are still stuck in this hamster wheel of like, I have to do this. The word that we talk about a lot in the podcast, that's my least favorite word is should. And like, the stigma of I should do this because I did this and like that everything is pre-programmed and like I should go to grad school or I should have this job that pays me this much or I should be in banking. And it's like we need to like eviscerate the word should. And it's like putting choice and manifesting back into your life and say like you shouldn't do anything other than do what you want to do and what you want to pursue and be who you want to be. (sighs) That's hard. You got to be willing to walk into darkness and confident that you can come out on the other side. And a lot of people are afraid of that darkness. Oh yeah. And I also, I recognize that I come, I speak from a place of success and also I had a lot of opportunity. And so being able to say no to the should is easier for some than others. And so I recognize that obviously. Should is a safe place, but right. Yeah. yeah. I had a similar like experience when I, um, you know, was graduating high school. Like I, um, had the idea like, oh, you should go to college right away. Mm -hmm. Um, But I felt like for me, I needed to have space. And so I took a year off and just worked, kind of emerged myself into the working world to just kind of see, you know, what it was about. And then decided to pursue like community college and um, college just wasn't for me. Mm. It just wasn't. And it scared me because all of my friends were on this should journey of going and getting your four-year degree and then afterwards, you know, pursuing like grad school. And I think a part of me felt left out. And like you said, like in the dark of being like, what's going to happen to me? It's hard to lead the pack. Yeah. It's like it, like what's going to happen? And um, we talk about like manifestation. And mm. so it's funny because five, six years ago, I was reading a journal entry literally saying I'm going to work for a coffee company mm. in marketing. And so literally six years later, here I am. So if you made it to this deep, if you made it to this deep uh, place in the podcast, this timestamp for the editing portion, you yeah. can pull this to the front. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. There's a thing called space glass and it is a link that if you shoot me a DM or send me a text, I can send you a direct directly to space class. But I recommend anybody who desires to bring what's in their subconscious mind as something they truly want into their reality that they invest in. 
I have a space glass. It's not actually called a space glass. Like <laughs> Utech Design Amazon Order <laughs> Six Six Three. This is a branding opportunity. Yes. So West <laughs> Nice Sponsored by. Sponsored by. <laughs> it's a space glass. Mm-hmm. And uh, abracadabra, as I speak, I create. Mm-hmm. Powerful. It's magic. So the more you can force yourself to take what's in your mind, write it down, and then put it in front of you, the more you train what's called your reticular activating system. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that when you want to buy a white Kia Soul and you're searching on CarMax, and then all of a sudden you see white Kia Souls everywhere, <laughs> that's your reticular activating system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is your space where you, cre- where you will literally draw mm-hmm. your reality mm-hmm. and create your reality. So the space glass is where we take our visions, we literally write them out, we print them out, and then we post them. Mm-hmm. And Nate, we started writing them out in your office. And what started happening? Uh, they actually happened. <laughs> it's a real dream maker. He walked into the room like, dude, I don't know what's going on in here, but like, I kind of like it. It's kind of spicy, but like, those look like really audacious. And I go, yeah, man, I just need them in front of me. Yeah. And man, we're, we're like going and touching our goals faster than we thought we would. So I, I challenge you to start doing what you did yeah. more like <laughs> daily or yeah. weekly, because you'll start seeing that you'll accelerate. Mm-hmm. And then you have that forever to be able to, that's a keepsake <laughs> that you can always say, I wrote that down and then I did that. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. West Knight, Nate Sip. Thanks for coming. Leah Middleton. Leah Middleton, the host. <laughs> the, the host. host. Yeah. Ryan, great job. Thanks, guys. Great Last to have question you. before we leave. Yeah. Well, you're the one who had the hard stop. How, how many Summit coffees do you intend on getting in the next five years? Building, yeah. not getting. That's the wrong word. Building. Uh, by uh, end of 2025, there will be 65. Put it on the space glass. Space <laughs> glass material. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have goals, or I, I have intentions. And usually, if I set an intention, I'm pretty good at yep. just doing it. And so, I think that's probably going to happen. I don't think I've ever seen you <laughs> I believe not do what you said you were going to do, or a variation of yeah. it, like having to pivot along the yeah. way just a slight. I don't think I've ever seen that. So, what happens when you get to 65 or 100? I don't know. What? I don't. Know. And that's why I, I like somebody implored me to to write a 10 year vision, and I just. It's not true to me because something's going to happen in the next five years and probably in the next year that's going to change my perspective. And so it'd be dishonest if I was like, 10 years from now, I'm going to be doing this. I have no idea. Can I ask you one question that you have to answer? Anything, sure. That you have to answer. If somebody backed a Brinks truck up to your house, (laughs) and they dropped the back of the truck, what would have to be in that Brinks truck for you to let go of Summit? Um, the opportunity to continue to stay at Summit. Wow, I don't. I'm not done here. Like I'm 36. I my kids are young. Like if I had, if somebody paid me a hundred million dollars to go away, like what would I do? Mm. I don't. I don't need a lot of money to live the life that I want to live. I mean, it sounds great, but like I'd be bored within 72 hours. Mm. You'd walk by Summit every morning and go, "Man, I'm Summit." <laughs> like, it's me. You'd be running marathons every day just to like Tyler would kill me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I, I just, I, yes, I don't, if I did this for the money, I would have 
crashed out of it a long time ago. And that's the important blueprint of you, right? Yeah. Like your approach to summit is really your approach to everything. So it's kind of like just a woven into the fabric. You talk about manifesting something. It's like, I'm in this rhythm. I'm in this life where I have been able to craft and do things that I want to do and, and live life the way I want to live it. And so why, I mean, I feel like the, right. Like an acquisition offer, like would almost be like the devil being like, yep. Here's all that you can have. Right. But I'm, but I'm aware enough million, but that's not where the joy is. You shouldn't do that. (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) Don't do the should. No, I, I, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, I'm not motivated by money. I'm, I'm like pragmatic enough to make good financial decisions, mm-hmm. but, um, and I also have never been, and I feel like Summit has grown a lot because of our decisions not being rooted in what is the smartest financial thing to do. Win with our friends, man. Yeah. You got a lot of podcasts with Leah. Yep. Right, <laughs> I, could, more fun. I could, I'm sure there's something that could have more ROI than yep. what Leah and I've been doing for the last hour and a half, but yep. <laughs> I don't want to know what it is. Hey, so as we're, as we're going out yep. and the listeners that have made it this far, I want to hook to the next podcast you guys have to do. You okay. have to sit this guy down yeah. and Absolutely. you, and you need Nate unabashedly, no timeline. I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to, and you need to, and you need to do your homework enough to ask the real deep questions because there's not a place that that guy won't go mm-hmm. and there's not a gym that he won't pull out of each space that you take like in that in in the in you guys those are really nice like you guys just are each other's hype men it's really yep. special it all started with i had an empty office actually i had <laughs> i had bad energy at the office and then i needed better energy and i was like well this feels bad financially to move somebody out of the office that's paying rent but move that person out I made space for it. I created space, I guess. Oh man. oh, man. I created space for it. And then in comes this dude with rocks and space glass. <laughs> and like, it, it is not. I feel like Wes should have an MTV show or something like yeah. 12 years ago. <laughs> Creating and space then, with Wes Knight, followed by <laughs> Rob Deerdick. <laughs> it's not to the moon he's going. It's to Mars. And I'm just trying to hang on, trying yeah. to figure out like, oh, we got to keep his rocket from exploding. Hold on. <laughs> Do you ever get home and talk to your wife, Jen, about like something Wes said? And is she like, what? I, well, Wes sent a blue book of, what do we call in this book? Uh, the quantum notebook. I got a quantum. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've grown up selling insurance. That's what I do. I sell insurance for a living. I, I, the opposite of so Wes. exciting, right? And this quantum notebook shows up at my house from Amazon. Jen's like, what is that? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, but I just have to be honest. It's I really the, like it. It's I, the <laughs> notebook that a wizard would carry. Like it's got latches on the side that are gold. Uh, it's, it's when you look at it, you I know like that you dreams. and Leah should spend more time together. You guys are. Yeah. yeah. You guys, you, this is like a seven hour <laughs> you podcast. And I are the, you yeah. and I are the square ones in the room. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, we, all, you, we all have a weird space, but I, I do sincerely hope that you give your listeners the opportunity to talk to someone who's written the note on the deathbed to his wife that he's likely leaving this thing and not to worry and written to his kids. Like when you go to that place in your life mm-hmm. and death is on the door, what do you think about? None of us can really grasp it because none of us want to look at death. Yeah. It's one thing that humans don't want to look at. Mm-hmm. And this guy twice. It's not your shoulds that matter. Yeah. yeah it, it, this guy twice mm-hmm. has, lo- has had to deal with it in two different ways, has written the letter, has gotten his affairs in order, has gone through the process that we're all deathly afraid of, and ha- has come back. So the name of the podcast should be Joy Quotient. 
Okay. Maybe Nate should host a podcast. And it mm. should be. Nope. And it, and it should be, there should be no, it should be Joe yeah. Rogan-esque. There should be no time limit to it. It should just be, it should just be allowed to be. Uh, and it will be your best ever podcast. Great. Guaranteed. Maybe, maybe you'll be the first one in our new podcast studio. Gas man. What a gas man over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate both of you. Uh, that is fitting. Lee and I next week are talking about. Um, and we haven't answered with each other yet, but the idea of if you could look up right now and find out the day that you were going to die and nothing else, would you look it up? Mm-mm. Heck yeah. <laughs> I said yes. And I said no. Um, all right. <laughs> There's so much there. Okay. <laughs> That's an um, entire, you better book it for four hours. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Email us at podcast at summitcoffee.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with AC you next Slaters, week. guys. Bye. That was good. Yeah.